Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. And welcome to episode 510 of Long Box Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? You know, so this past week, uh, I went back to the old super secret science location. If you listen mm-hmm. to After Dark, At Odds, I'm not really sure where I talked about it. Uh, but I am permanently work from home. We're not going back to the uh, building where super secret science happened. Right. And they let us take uh, our old chairs that we had and also clean out any of the stuff that we had left there. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding like all the new buttons and stuff on this new chair that I didn't know were there before. That you had for 10 years. No, no. This this new chair that I brought home, I think I've only had since December, maybe they gave us these new chairs. Right. It still has the tag on it. I never took the tag off and I could probably take the tag off. Right. Now I just guess they're probably going to run wrestling shows out of the abandoned Super Science uh, building. Oh. It has a adjustable lumbar support. Mm. Uh, multi-adjustable, height-adjustable, fixed arms. Like, each arm you can raise to a different level. I don't know why you would do that. Well, what if you have two different length arms? That's true. Not everybody uh, is equal-armed, Joe. And I'm not going to plug the company, of course. They don't need our whatevers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will mention their, their website is sitonit.net. <laughs> oh, Fonzie's going to sue for copyright infringement. Hey, so what do we have to talk about on the show today, <laughs> Arthur? Um, that's right. Um, updates on the Marvel books that are ending digital only. Um, also, Marvel doesn't have all the non-superhero licenses, but they're trying. <laughs> Also, uh, Stargirl, TV Stargirl news, and a possible upgrade in wigs in the future, Joe. Also, uh, not one, but two stories in, the, in our s- sensational segment, Grading on You. Also, Con News, I think, you'll tell me. Um, also, free digital books and sales. What we read last week which was Negan Lives, number one, and the goddamn The Virgin Brides, number one. Two brand new books. Um, Also, what we're looking forward to this week, an art attack, and at the end, spoiler-filled talk of the aforementioned uh, Stargirl TV show there, Joe. Lots of stuff to talk about this week. Yes, sir. So we'll start here with the late break and stuff. So as we've discussed, as comics are coming back, and there were a bunch of different books, both on the Marvel and DC side, that were either mini series that were ending, uh, books that maybe had like a, you know kind of on the lower end of the sales, right? Mm-hmm. And the final issues of those books and the final issues of those mini series were put over to digital only, and they were kind of some of the only books that were being put out during the pandemic when no books were coming out. Just today, Marvel announced that all of those books that they were previously putting out digital only to wrap up their print runs are going to get their print runs closed out. Hmm. If any of that makes sense. So I don't see DC doing this, but if you were reading books such as Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider or Hawkeye Freefall, 
or Jane Foster Valkyrie like I was, uh, come August, September, you'll be able to finish out your print collections of those. I'm glad I waited on the digital versions, especially of that Hawkeye Freefall one, because I really was enjoying that. Right. And every day when I go to the Marvel website to, one, get mad at how poorly <laughs> laid out it is, right. and two, to get all my Marvel Insider points, so once every three months I can get a free cover in Marvel Puzzle Quest, they keep pu- they push Marvel, they push Hawkeye Freefall hard. Get the digital version of it now, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like the first, it's like one of the first four things that pop up on the website. And I'm like, I really want to see how that ends, but out of spite, because you didn't finish it in print, I'm not going to do it. But now it's coming out in print, so I guess the spite is on me. That's right, spite. The reason I do most of the things I do, Joe. (laughs) But also, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's interesting. And I I don't want to say because DC has a history of doing certain things with like finishing up runs of books that make your blood boil. But I'm of the mind that Marvel follows DC and DC follows Marvel on certain things. So I, I, if I knew what the catalyst was to make Marvel do this, that might change my mind, but it makes me think that there's a small part that DC may follow suit, but I'm only 50, 50 on that. But uh, I would like to see, DC follows suit because there's a couple. Well, actually, there wasn't too much that I was that I was getting, so it doesn't really bother me. But I like the idea of people like it actually upsets my collector, uh, you know, mentality that there are that there's no physical copies of some of these books. There's they're, they're going to be only digital. But I'm glad you can get your Hawkeye Freefall. You know, the other two I, eh, I dropped Valkyrie early on because i just thought that was you know going through the motions and cosmic ghostwriter if it ain't donny cates i ain't reading it right so uh the one of course the dc one would be uh issues five and six of inferior five yeah but they never said they were even going to be digital they just kept getting pushed back they're like we don't know what's going they just haven't been resolicited in it Right, where like the Supergirl and I forget what's what else is getting like can't like the books that are going to get canceled and redone over are actually just getting their digital books. I still hold out hope that uh, that uh, Inferior Five and Six is going to come out naturally because they don't want to upset Salty Keith, Joe. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think Salty Keith's probably got bigger things on his plate these days i hope uh, you know just due to his advanced advanced age i hope he's doing well i do too i hope he smiles someday too yeah so uh one of the i i would say though that news big to me and us uh but i would say the biggest news uh to come out this week is the fact that marvel now has the alien and predator licenses for comic books from dark horse Mm mm-hmm uh, after taking Star Wars and Conan, respectively, over the last several <laughs> years, uh, slowly but surely, they're just trying to pick up all of those, uh, you know, big things. And, you know, we mentioned it on Previewing the Past, uh, one of our Patreon bonus shows, as little as a dollar a month, get you that in the Babbling Brooks uh, podcasts. <laughs> uh, but we are, you know, with Previewing the Past, we're right at the time of Aliens vs. Predator being a thing 30 years ago, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in comics and being one of the things that bolstered Dark Horse from having two to three pages in previews to having like a much bigger presence. Yeah. 
And I mean, at the time, before Image, probably like the viable number three company. Oh, definitely. I can't think of a, a company that went Marvel, DC, than Dark Horse. I mean, just on a lot of, uh, I, don't, I don't know, did they had they done any Sin City at this point? Because I know a lot of their stuff spun out of the Dark Horse Comics Presents book, which was where Alien Stories first started. And then there was the hint of like, you know, Aliens versus Predator. And Aliens versus Predator was what like, everybody was like, oh my God, like, you know, that's so cool. It's such a great idea. And, you know, they, they ran with it, which was there. Cause I know then at, at this time in previewing the past where they're just getting the Terminator license at this yeah. time, 30 years ago. So, and they're building their brand, you know, at, they had c- concrete at the time, which was becoming an award-winning, you know, book and stuff like that. So, you know, Dark Horse was, was, was pretty big 30 years ago, but they really made their mark on those, especially those alien books, you know? Right. Because where I was kind of going with that is like, okay, you could make the argument like 86-ish, 90. Dark Horse was number three, but like you could also maybe make the argument that like Fantagraphics was number three, right? Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I guess. Just just based on like what they were publishing at the time. Mm -hmm. But with Aliens vs. Predator at this point, this is the beginning of Dark Horse you know, for the next two years until Image launches, being the, the like the unquestioned number three company, right? Not counting the people who had the Dick Tracy movie licenses, <laughs> taking them right out of the, that seven color nightmare. We're no, uh, but yeah. So this is a big coup uh, for Marvel, of course, and I know a lot of people are uh, suspect about what poor DC or what poor Dark Horse is going to do, right? Uh, but they did put out a press release, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're just, like, essentially saying that those stories were in the Xenoverse. Disney is pulling the license from us, giving it to Fox, which is now, you know, part of Disney. And they say, after many years of shepherding these amazing worlds, Dark Horse will not be publishing any new material effective January 1st, 2021. Uh, thanks to all the people at Fox for the amazing run. Now, as in recent events in which new owners meant new publishing, a series uh, of a series conceived at Dark Horse, we have new and fresh titles to replace the old. <laughs> Comics and original graphic novels such as The Witcher, Stranger Things, Avatar The Last Airbender, Minecraft, and Critical Role have developed huge followings, and we will continue to strive to be the finest publisher of licensed comics in the world. Uh, watch for more exciting announcements coming soon. Right. I'll say two, two, two more things. On what you just said, though, you know what? I'm not going to knock them because in my day and your day, like Predator Alien was that, you know, that popular thing. Witcher, you know, uh, Minecraft, I, they're not for me, mm-hmm. but maybe they will be the, this Aliens versus Predator. You know what I mean? I, I have no way to judge that, and I do wish them luck on that. But I find it interesting, popular pro- uh, licensing that... I hope they do well with, but it also makes me think that Marvel's going to get that backlog library that Dark Horse had. Yes, um, they get to print them a la you know the way they got to print their Marvel stories from Conan years ago, but also the Dark Horse Conan stories they have the rights to. So they have all the rights to the Aliens versus Predator. Does that mean they'll get to print Superman versus Alien and Batman versus Predator? Hmm, that's an interesting uh, kerfuffle. Right, because I'm curious on who has, 
you know, because that was a joint Dark Horse DC crossover. So now, like, maybe DC has those reprint rights, but, or how do they revert? Like, I don't know, but it would be funny if Marvel was printing a Batman book and a Superman book with aliens and predators. That'd be an interesting way to kind of sneak around that, huh? Right. Sock it to him, Joe. Yeah. Well, and it's another interesting thing, of course, is with a lot of other, uh, you had mentioned the, the Superman vs. Aliens one, but there was the Archie vs. Predator book that Dark Horse published a while ago, right? That is, yep. Can Marvel uh, reprint that? Um, also interesting in the Dark Horse press release, like no mention of Hellboy. Obviously, they're kind of focusing on some of their newer licensed products. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes you forget because for the longest time, there were not new Alien or Predator movies. And that the newest and only way to get Alien vs. Predator stuff was through the comic books. Right, but in the last couple of years, they had more than their fair share of Aliens and Predator movies. Sure, but, th- but that's what I'm saying. It's like... Right. I, oh, at the time. I'm sorry. Those movies weren't very good. I stand by every single Predator movie made. The Aliens vs. Predator movies... I give the first one. It says it does what it says on the tin. It gives you an alien versus a predator. Um, it's not a great movie. That second aliens versus predator movie, I'll never forget going to see with a friend of the me, the bassist, and one of his friends. And we walked out, and she said, "Was that were there aliens versus predators? That was one of the darkest movies I ever saw. Not in tone, but in visuals. In that everything was low lit, and you couldn't tell." what was going on and i liked i liked prometheus and the covenant movies so i'm just gonna go out on a limb there and take that but my question to you is how long until we they these properties start crossing over with the marvel characters because remember when they got the star wars rights we were like oh my god like there's money to be made with star wars versus marvel characters but they it's been years and they haven't done that but i think they'll be much faster on like immediately they already had the predator holding the iron man helmet Mm -hmm. so it's only like it's it's already on their minds and this is not a knock on predator or aliens but predator or aliens are not star wars Right, but what I mean is no, no, no. I, I, no. I, we, we postulated of them doing all this crossover stuff with the Star Wars property, and they never did. We postulated about them doing crossover stuff, even with Conan stuff, and they, like, I think didn't Conan show up in like Savage Avengers or something? Yes, he did. He was in our time running around. So, right, but a precedent had been set before where Conan and Red Sonia had both been in the Marvel universe previous to this. Right. Um. Now, I think, conversely, I'll say that when Dark Horse got the rights to Conan, they never reprinted any of those old Marvel stories of them crossing over the Marvel characters. I thought they... Well, I don't know. I'd have that. I don't know on what they reprinted right. what they didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but a precedent has been set of aliens and predators crossing over with other properties, as mentioned Superman and so forth before. Right. But my so, take in on... But that's what I'm saying is I think there's going to be less pushback if they say, hey, we want to do an Aliens vs. Predator vs. Avengers book than there would be if we want to do a Sith vs. Avengers book. Right, but there's also the set that precedent of making money, Joe. (laughs) That's like... 
like to me it just seems like even when remember when marvel came out like if somebody came out like i don't know if it was months or a year ago they're like i have that new idea for a book that's going to hit a million copies and we haven't had a million copies sell since that jason aaron uh I forget who was drawing the book at the time. Uh, the first Star Wars, um, when when the Marvel book came out, it was that was because they had all the variant covers, or whatever. But to me, that's like the no brainer. Yeah, it's two different properties, but million million issue book for number one. So I know I never understood why they do it. It's more logistical to put Aliens versus Predator because you're like, oh, they come to Earth. With Star Wars, it's you know a galaxy far away, a long time ago, so it's harder. But I just figured throw it a miniseries with Wolverine and Darth Vader fighting, you know, hot claws versus lightsaber, and you just you know have a million dollars. I think even with Star Wars, if they didn't do a book like an actual narrative, if they did just a book of pinups, right, that would sell. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm saying anything or just an out of continuity miniseries. You yeah. know what I mean? But I do think Aliens and Predators will be in the Marvel Universe proper at some point. Right. I, I know the DC or the Dark, I keep saying DC, the Dark Horse press release. They're like, as of January 1st, 2021, we won't be doing these books. I'm almost certain that as of January 1st, 2021, we'll have that first announcement of the <laughs> Alien vs. Predator vs. Avengers book. Yep. And that's the other thing. If these are books that you are interested in, at the very least digitally, uh, I remember when Dark Horse lost the Star Wars license, they did like a digital fire sale of every Star Wars book that they had. Yep. Where you could get every Star Wars book they had for literal pennies on the dollar. Sure, because they make they make money on on the license they're losing, yeah. and it gives like it gives them a it gives it like the like kind of a, like. It, to heck with you to, to Marvel because buy these now because they're going to reprint them later and don't give them the full money for it. You can get them real cheap now. Right. Might as well do it. This is the last squeeze out of the orange, if you will, for That's us. That's right. Is the squeeze worth the juice, Joe? Mm, I don't know. I'm more of a pulp man anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Last but not least in the news, uh, as Todd alluded to, good news and, I don't know, not bad news for me, but... Uh, Stargirl has been picked up for a second season. Mm-hmm. It's doing well enough on the CW, at least, to necessitate a second season. So that's good, even though nothing has been announced of TV shows picking back up filming anything. But it's going to be picked up on the CW, not on the DC Universe app. Right, which fills me with a little <laughs> trepidation, Joe. Yes. Uh, the DC Daily Show that was on DC Universe no longer exists. The only things that are new that are on the DC Universe app after this are going to be the Young Justice and Harley Quinn shows and the live-action Titans show. Uh, which, Doom Patrol and now this have been moved to other platforms. Which makes me wonder how long Titans will will be on there. You know what I mean? Like Maybe if they had a three-year plan, I think we're on season three of Titans, maybe it'll be it. If it gets fourth, maybe it'll get greenlit. I don't think CW, because they, they curse on that one. Um, that's a little I think dark. This, yeah, I think they're showing up on HBO Max. Right, I would say Titans would go to HBO Max. But my problem with it is I, I get nervous. I think DC Universe is done. But uh, with... Well, maybe they'll keep the comics, but their TV stuff is 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 not long for this world. But Stargirl going to CW makes me worry because I was chatting with somebody and I said, "What's gonna ha- What's gonna happen?" I said, "I know it's gonna happen. They're gonna double the season episodes and they're gonna cut the budget in half." 
So that's what's going to happen to Stargirl. And there's going to be teenage angst all week, you know, like all, all season. And instead of really good soundtracks, it's going to be all what is the, what is Warner Brothers label have like that's hot right now. Push that. Like you're not going to get like as, as far as I'm concerned, I actually thought it was a good soundtrack so far this season, which is something we'll get to in a minute when we get to Stargirl. I don't see like all that cool stuff happening. I think the show taking a completely different turn for season two. Are you think it's going to look like cheaper? Yes. Is that what you're insinuating? It's going to look so much. They're not going to have the budget. Uh, And if they do, do you think they're, if they keep 13 (laughs) episodes, maybe, but I don't think they'll do 13 episodes. I think they'll add it to the to the CW roster shows and pad it out at like 22, 23 like they do. And you'll just be like, you could have done this in 12, 13. I certainly hope, you know, we've talked about this before for like three years, like more so with The Flash than anything else, that just because the industry standard is and has been for, you know, 30 years, 22 episodes of something that doesn't mean you need to do 22 episodes of something uh it doesn't say in the press release about it just saying that it's getting picked up for the cw it doesn't say how many episodes but you know the last two seasons of legends of tomorrow have only been 13 episodes and obviously with not knowing what the timetable for shows to go back to the regular shooting schedules are going to be if they're supposed to have shows on the air this september that might put them under the gun to not have you know, they might have to push the entire, like, start of the new fall season back, which gives them less time because mm-hmm. you have to cover your, you know, your February and your May and your December sweeps. Right. Excuse me. So maybe this, you know, the, the pandemic is going to be the impetus that, like, these companies like a CW that says, okay, for all of these other reasons, plus the fact that you stretched... 15 episodes of a show to 22 episodes of the show because that's what we ordered we could kind of piecemeal stuff together mm-hmm. we could say okay we got 15 good scripts let's shoot 15 shows we got 12 good scripts here and then just have like tuesday or wednesday or whatever night it ends up being being the dc hour where you alternate between the shows like you have a an eight o'clock and a nine o'clock show every tuesday or every wednesday or whatever it is and then just, like, as you go through whatever those episodes are, it's like, okay, here's six episodes of Stargirl, 8 o'clock. After those six episodes are done, we go to Legends of Tomorrow. Then, like, we cycle back through all of those because everything just ends up streaming anyway the next day. Right. Um, and, you know, the T- like, I don't want to get too deep into the woods and TV talk on, like, the rating side and the uh, the demographic side and everything else like this. But... I, I don't think if, you know, if The Flash comes back this season, I could see this being the first season of The Flash not being, the, like, the full 22-episode order. Here's my take. You have to take, uh, the like, the coronavirus out of it. Because, like you said, you never know what could happen. It could start filming. You could have a spike, and, you know, it's shut down. But say they have full reign, you know, vaccine comes tomorrow. They have full reign to do the show. I think you'll not only get, 23 episodes you might get more because all people have time to do now is write. that's like they they probably like you know before it was like all right we're doing this and we're producing that we're doing this they're just sitting at home and going all right i'll bet you the whole next season of flash is written already and that's my take like take on that 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 they might be longer so star girl might be more than 13 episodes i think they should switch instead of doing your idea of 
um, you know, alternating shows, six six week, blah, blah, blah. Do, this is the way they should write comic book shows from here on out. Not a big baddie for the whole season, but they should write it the way a comic writer writes a comic. You should go, all right, the first six episodes of our season, there's they're fighting the trickster. You know, during these six episodes, we add a little like a little like epilogue or like some subplot of this guy running around robbing crimes. Then you find out it's Captain Cole at the end of the like at the around the fifth episode and tell like a comic. You don't have to then maybe a big bad at the end. But when they try to do a big bad over 23 episodes, it's like you could have beaten them 14 times during the show. And I'd like to see them look at a season at like of a comic book show, like a comic instead of a TV show. If any of that makes any sense, Joe, it does. But more importantly, I think the cast, well, they're not filming anything. I think Stargirl's completely done. So it's too late. I was going to say, if they are still filming Stargirl again, they're not, they should start hiding like the alternate, like what's the, like the industry term for like the hero costume or something. Like that's the one that's in all the close ups and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. They probably have a couple of those. Hide all of those. Because I don't right. think you're going to be getting more on a CW budget next year. That's right. Don't you fall know? down wearing those. <laughs> yeah, take extra good care of those ones because I think you're going to need to get a lot more use out of them in years to come. Right. Where, like, at, like, Stargirl, like, season two, it's like when her stunt uh, double does it. She's, like, in a Stargirl hoodie bought, like, off the, the CW website. <laughs> You know, Stargirl only wears her costume in three out of these 22 episodes this season. That's the thing I'm talking about, because as great as Legends of Tomorrow is at 13 episodes, like, remember when Adam decided, I don't need my armor anymore, except for, like, episode 2, 7, and 14? (sighs) Well, at least we're getting more Stargirl budgetary constraints be darned. That's right, and pro- hopefully the three Jokers will be finished by then, and Jeff Johns can get on to writing that season two script. Yeah. And uh, Todd? Yes? If you're anything like me, you like displaying your slabbed books, but options are scarce. You can either fashion your own wooden shelves Oof. or buy picture frames. That's about it. My most expensive books are slabbed, after I read them, of course, which is a lie, and kept for archival purposes to pass down to my future son, or to be buried with, depending on how well he behaves. Oh. But Todd, thanks to grading on you, a third-party company, with the approval of CGC, are now selling a spinner rack for your home for your slabbed comics. So are you saying it's an official sponsored uh, uh, rack opportunity, Joe? Oh, boy. We ain't talking Lex Luger's rack neither. <laughs> but this holds up to 72 slabbed comics. Oh. Or you could put oversized hardcovers in this as well, which Ooh. absolutely won't damage those. Nope. And My- Todd, how much would you pay to have one of these fantastic spinner rack opportunities for your cgc books in your home let me see to to display all my plastic coffin comic books and be able to spin it and have it squeak annoyingly here's a blank check write in what you think is fair 
Well, Todd, if you pre-order before July 31st, you could save $30 <gasps> off the $400 price for this fancy item. With that $30, I could pay CGC fees to have my book slabbed. Well, hold on, Todd, because <gasps> that's more? not all CGC's up to this month. Oh, it's not? Or this week. And Todd, you've probably had every comic book in your collection slabbed. Yes, I have. And you've built wooden shelves for all of them. But I know you're thinking to yourself, what am I going to do with my entire run of Dick Tracy movie cards? What could I do with those? Well, Todd, even though there are multiple companies already that grade everything from trading cards to toys, CGC is now grading trading cards. Not toys yet, but soon. Mm. Trading wow. cards have grown rapidly in popularity since the release of Magic the Gathering in 1993 and Pokemon in 1996. <sighs> Tens of billions of cards have been sold to collectors and players around the world. In recent years, prices have risen substantially for many early and rare cards. This has led to a significant need for expert and impartial services to authenticate, grade, and encapsulate trading cards. <gasps> the opportunities abound, Joe. Todd. Yes. Come on. Well, I just want to say one thing about all these. When you play your Magic now or your Pokemons, yeah. it is going to be a lot louder when you shuffle them in those plastic cases. So there were people. Because, like, you know, typically, you know, uh, when I played Magic, uh, I played the cards, played with the cards. You know what I mean? I wasn't a person. I'm like, oh, this card's worth whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I got it out of, like, a $3 pack, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there was, like, thinner sleeves that I would put them in just because, like, I'm like, oh, okay, I see people putting them in sleeves. I'll put them in sleeves. I'll do a little bit more to protect my cards. And then uh, if you're a trading card or a baseball or sports card person... You know, there's like a little bit more heavy duty of a sleeve, still kind of flexible, you know. But then there were those like thick top loaders, they're called. Yep. And I remember when I was playing Magic on a regular basis back in the mid to early or mid to late 2000 or 90s, let's say 2000s, <laughs> oof, like 95 up to 97, there was someone who came with their full 60 card deck in those thick top loaders. And, like, they're shuffling that. Did they and just... I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm never going to go that far with my collection. Did they just slap them down on the table and rub them around? No. <laughs> they shuffle. would, like, they would separate it into, like, two stacks and then kind of, like, wedge them into each other and then shuffle Ugh. them that way. Separate into two stacks, kind of wedge them into each other, push them into each other, and that was the way they shuffled. Well, all I know is personally... I'm going to take all my Black Lotus cards from the beta run that I'm using to level my wobbly chairs in my house, Joe. How many ancestral go... recalls and time warps do you use as bookmarks, Todd? Oh, all of them. All of them. And I'm going to get them all CGC graded so I know how good they are. And we kid because we, well, because they're an easy target. But grading of like trading cards and toys has been around for a very long time. So when Todd sent me this story, I'm like, this isn't new. Like, I've, like, physically seen, like, 
eBay auctions for graded like Pokemon cards, right? When I go searching for like other Pokemon cards for my kid. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I'll I'll pay two dollars for this like extra shiny Inteleon or whatever it is, right? Because that's my kid's favorite one from the new set. But then like as I do a search, it's like, oh, the seller also has this graded, like however many stars Charizard from the original set, which is a very expensive card. So I'm surprised that it took CGC this long to get in on this. I'm I'm actually kind of shocked too. But how long until we get uh, like exclusive like labels like like Charizard whatever labels for your char like like they'll have like the CGC label with like says Pokemon card Charizard whatever. But you know when they start racking you the 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 money up for those exclusive labels it's only a matter of time right joe let's get let's let's baby steps here todd let's see how this first opportunity goes before we start layering opportunities upon each other we've we've already tested the world of comic books for the last 20 years Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be less than 20 years before they start adding those special labels for trading cards Mm -hmm. i now wonder how soon it's going to be before they start grading toys because i i don't know the company who grades the trading cards now but mm-hmm. the same company grades toys okay and i know currently the toy market is much more evenly split in regards to whether or not they go that way because mm-hmm. with toys you have like mint and box collectors and you have people that you know open them up let them breathe right yep they want to display the toys as they're supposed to be however do their imaginary fig feds whatever they do but then even the mint on box people have like there's different layers of that where it's like okay i'll just have it mint in box or you know whatever company makes the special cases that fit these specific toys but no two toy boxes are the same right but there are companies that sell a specific box to fit that specific toy Then even further on top of that, there's the people that go to that next level that get the toy in-box mint graded. But where a lot of that comes in is because that same company that does the grading of the mint and box toys also does grading of loose toys. Okay. And that is where the schism is between collectors because who's to say, you know, now just because whoever you are that graded this, you know, tugboat prototype toy and said it's an 8.0 well what do you have to grade this against because this is literally a one-of-a-kind item right so there's like i think the toy might be a tougher market for cgc to get a foothold in um but i think there has been a lot more push in the last like six to twelve months of the graded um trading cards collectible card game stuff so that's why now CGC is getting into that market. But again, I go back to, I'm surprised it took them this long. I'm actually surprised they, and you know, that they haven't broken ground, you know, doing sports cards. I'm, I'm, I was honestly shocked when I heard rumors that they're looking for people to, you know, knowledgeable sports card people to do, do stuff. I'm like, like that just seemed like, like easy pickings. That was low hanging fruit and they're just getting around to it. Now doesn't matter at all because I don't trust CGC one bit. I put all my money into PGX cards and books and toys. Like they're going to grade all my stuff as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So Beckett, if you remember Beckett, uh, price guides. Yep. 
Beckett is the company that does the grading on trading cards. And I kind of knew that because all joking aside, the fancy gentleman has told me about this stuff, but it's the same way when you tell me about wrestling, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. You know what I mean? Right. But then there's another company, maybe PSA, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's uh, Michael PSA. No, that's, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to add that to the Okay, so PSA is Professional Sports Authenticator. I could hear I could hear the steam coming out of Adam's ears that we're getting all this wrong. But no, that's this is actually correct. Right. Um, but yeah, so Beckett is and so that's the thing. It's already a market where there's minimally two companies that are doing the grading of cards, you know? And I wouldn't doubt if there's like smaller ones that we don't know of. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just like I said, I just because I know from the um the the Charizard, right? Right. So there's Beckett, of course. There's the aforementioned PSA, uh, which is not Michael PSAs. Um, <laughs> uh, what did I say? Professional Sports Authenticator. Right. Now there's another one that's... Is this the same thing as just an old logo? Because, again, Beckett looks like they changed their logo. They probably did. But, uh... Okay. Makes me wonder how long they'll get into signature series sports cards and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Like autographs and ugh. the opportunities are endless, Joe. Right. So um, I'm just trying to look it up because Beckett then has three different gradings that they've had mm-hmm. where there's Beckett grading system, BGS. Then there's BCCG, which is also Beckett. And then there's BVG. Um, BVG is like vintage before a certain time. I think it's like 70s or older. Uh, BGS is the more common one. And then BCCG um, is a more strict grading criteria. Right. So Beckett alone seems to have this market cornered. PSA uh, seems to be like the Johnny come lately, like there's stuff out there, but they don't go as much as the Beckett stuff. And now CGC is trying to like horn in on this already crowded market. True. I wonder like, and I wonder how, if they can kick the legs out from under them because obviously CGC has the comic book market cornered, but uh, will they be able to overtake these other places in, you know, the cards, both, you know, collectible trading and uh, you know, sports memorabilia. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, doing any of it, but no, it's just know. interesting. Right. Know. It's part of our world. So yeah. What's also part of our world, Todd is conventions are back this weekend. Oh, they are. The Cape comic con in Cape Girardeau, Missouri is taking place this weekend. <laughs> okay. Uh, media guests that are going to be there include Sam Jones. <sighs> Reb Brown. Captain America. Uh, Papa Shango. And I'm also guessing the Godfather will probably be on the second day to double dip. That's <laughs> that's the good uh, double dip photo op if you can get it. That's uh, all those guys that did like two and three gimmicks in the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Where they would do like, oh, I'm going to do a bit as the Godfather before intermission, and then right before intermission, I'm going to do a spot on the show as Papa Shango, 
And then I'm going to do meet and greet as Papa Shango at intermission. So I get double your money because I do, I'm, you know, hey, you want a photo op with Godfather and Papa Shango? You can get it today, but you got to pay for both, you know? And and uh, could he do uh, right to censor Godfather too? He probably could. So there you go. Triple dip. Triple dip. The day will come, Todd, where we're going to convince Barry Darso to do the Repo Man at a convention. And you and I are going to get that picture with the Repo Man. Only if he has his grappling hook, though. Oh, and as, as long as he has the jacket with the rubber tire uh, elbow pads and shoulder pads or whatever. Yes. Um, okay, now I will say, I would go get a Mark photo with uh, the Repo Man. And, uh, you know... You know, you're shoot trash, Joe. You don't, you don't be saying his, his name. He's the Repo Man. Second of all, the one that I'm still mad that I never got was when they reunited the Mean Street Posse for, for one of your Outlaw Mud shows that you were went to years ago. That's the one that breaks my heart that I never went to. The, you know what? To- There's another one that I think might slightly break your heart, if you remember. It was at a Connecticut convention where Bobby the Brain Eaton was there. I would have got, got a picture with Bobby. Like, legitimately... <laughs> All joking aside, uh, the the Mean Street Posse is because of a joke with my beloved mother. That's that's why that is. Repo Man is because I kind of get that joke. But of all the things that I knock about wrestling, Bobby the Brain Heenan was legitimately funny. So like he was entertaining. Like he was somebody I'd be like, all right, you know, in in a in a sea of diarrhea, you're, you know what I mean? You're, oh my god! <laughs> from uh, Fort Fairlane, you're a you're an oasis in a sea of diarrhea, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. But he was at one of the Connecticut conventions one summer, maybe like three years ago, and it was going to be one of those deals where we like were legitimately planning, like, okay, we're going to use the power of the show to get press credentials. <laughs> so we can get a free pass, literally drive up on Saturday, mm-hmm. free free press credentials to go into the convention, go get our picture taken with Bobby Heenan, and then come home. Yep. And I just didn't work out, like, the logistics of it, whatever was going on. Like, I probably had super secret science work that weekend or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I think, sadly, Bobby Heenan passed, like, two months later. Right. And I was sitting home doing nothing that weekend. Yeah. Uh, but also some of the other folks that are, I'm going to say, scheduled for <laughs> CapeCon. Right. Or AEW superstars, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and professional wrestler Priscilla Kelly. If I was a betting person, I, I'd say at least two of those, well, let's say all three of those people aren't going to be there. The website doesn't say that they've canceled their appearances, but the internet might tell you otherwise that they've been canceled. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe all of them. I don't know. I would double check to see if they're going to be there. If you're going to uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri this weekend. Right. Uh, but the one thing that will always be there for you, uncancelable, if you will, is the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. All the shows in the network, all of our friends, like-minded individuals, et cetera, et cetera, Anytime their shows come out or anytime they appear in another podcast and they let me know that they have, you could find it at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, where there be episodes of this show, episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, and the worst-reviewed podcast <laughs> about Star Trek <laughs> on iTunes, The Prime Defective. 
that's that's a shirt that needs to be made. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that's on a bit of a sporadic schedule. Um, it's like every two to three weeks ish, I guess. I don't know, but until until they go a full year with no episodes, that's when I'll stop mentioning them. That seems like a good plan. Yeah, uh, but all the links to those will be in the show notes. Uh, as well as, of course, links to our local com- uh, comic store, Comics on the Green. They are still doing a brisk mail order business as the world is opening up. And as we discussed last week, maybe your part of the world has not opened up or in opening up has decided not to carry certain books. Reach out to Comics on the Green. Like I said, their Facebook link is there. Tell them Todd and Joe sent you. Maybe just tell them Todd sent you. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say you're going to get the good brother discount, but they'll treat you well if you want uh, stuff mail-ordered to you. Yep. And uh, our good friend Becky's Instagram is linked there of all of the cool art that she has done. And it's kind of a cycle where the mail-order business may inspire her art. Yes. If I'm, you know, weaving that story in a way not to get anyone in trouble. Right. You're weaving that story and dodging at the same time. Uh, digital books and sales, of course, is a bunch of stuff held over from the last couple weeks. Uh, some of the new stuff that's been added, uh, as we talk here, Marvel is having a sale on unbeatable squirrel girl and Hawkeye stuff. Valiant is having a sale on all graphic novel collections and specifically targeted on the series faith. And Image is having a sale on Greg Rucka stuff, uh, including Lazarus and Black Magic. I think Black Magic is coming back relatively soon. Uh, DC, of course, has their summer get-together sale, Todd. I'm surprised it's not called get-together under social distancing, but I think the logo may have already been made (laughs) before any of this happened. And I know you've all been worried Rest your sweet heads. Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One is included in this sale. Oh, thank but, God. You know, try something a little bit different as I'm just perusing the sale. Um, I know Todd may poo poo Grant Morrison, but uh, his yeah. run on JLA was really good. First three issues. And then uh, we can go a little bit more than the first three or four issues. You get into a run there where. Uh, Electric Blue Superman is prominently featured on the cover of some of those books. Right. Uh, I thought Rock of Ages was good. Uh, Prometheus I thought was fun. And then it trails into the Mark Wade run on that book, which is also really good. That is really good. Tower of Babel. Uh-huh. Um, you have to piece around. Do they do a good job? No, they do. They do a poor job of it. But if you have the time and the laser-like focus like I do, <laughs> um... Not only is all of the ta- uh, the Sinestro Corps War available, but all of the tie-in stuff, including Blue, Be- Blue Beetle. The Blue <gasps> Beetle tie-in issue is in this as well. Finally, so you but can not, calm none down. None of it's together. None of it's like organized together. You know, <laughs> you need you need to publish a checklist, Joe. The checklist in my mind. You don't want to go in there. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, all the links to those will be in the show notes. Uh, nothing new on the freebie front. And, uh, you know, I-, I think we're safe to say that those Scooby-Doo team-ups are just going to be free forever. Yeah. They said, I... it was, they said it was a limited time a month ago. So, you know, I don't know. Right. I don't know. 
I say you do you, partner. Get some free comic books. And I, I always say this whenever we talk about like those free books that are available. Um, add them to your cart. Add them to your library. You don't have to read them today, but add them today while they're free before they go away forever. Because once you've bought them, quote unquote, for free, they can't take them away from you. That's right. All right. So I need to take a swig of water for the working man. Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week. I'm going to start with the book we were both looking forward to most, which is Negan Lives, written by uh, a little-no-name guy, Robert Kirkman, (laughs) with art by Charlie Adlard. Um, Basically, this is the story of uh, Negan after the end of the final issue of Walking Dead and what he has been doing uh, between that, like, year, that time jump. Um, so basically he's living alone in the house that he goes off to live on. There was a scene in the final issue where there's a tombstone on his property and he's, you know, bringing flowers to it. And this is the story that basically sets off the, it sets in motion, uh, how that tombstone eventually gets there. Um, we don't see it all, but I feel we may down the line, but it's fun to see Negan is probably of all the walking dead characters, my favorite. Um, a couple of things that happen in this that, are, that are, uh, someone shows up to talk to him and she's this beautiful woman in a, in like in a clean dress. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't going to end well. And there's just great Negan playing it out until it happens. Um, I just love the character. It's a, sh- it's a short, you know, quick read. But uh, if you love Walking Dead and love Negan especially, this book's for you. And obviously, as we said before, it helps comic shops because all the proceeds that went, you know, from this book go directly to the comic shops. Nothing goes to Image or Kirkman or Adler or anything. So that's really nice. But all around, it was a a breath of fresh air to go back and read some walking dead stuff. But it, like I said, it does make me feel that uh, Kirkman has a whole story fleshed out to get to the journey that he's beginning in this book to coming back to his house. I, 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 and I think we'll see some of it at some point. Yes. Uh, and again, I, I hate to say that this was the test run to see if a Negan limited series would do well. Because I think they could have figured that out without having to publish this issue. Um, But it definitely sets the groundwork for a Negan limited series or some sort of continuation or return to the Walking Dead universe with uh, Negan as the lead. Uh, It would have to be in a very Punisher Max sort of way. Um, Because I think even though he does have glimmers and glimpses of being sympathetic, he's not sympathetic enough to carry an entire book. I think that's why they gave him the sidekick. Uh Uh-huh. But my take on it is the way I could see them doing this is every year doing a book like this for like free comic book day or something like that. One a year. You know what I mean? Okay. doing a little bit of a story like because Kirkman's obviously got his firepower and he's got all his, you know, f- irons in the fire doing Walking Dead, whatever he's involved on that, the TV shows. But I can see him doing one shots kind of like this and the way he did the Negan prequel story, which was, you know, that the, the one shot story. That's the way I would do it. It'd be like, all right, I have five of these, six of these, like you said, and just parlay them out once a year. And do it instead of like having to sit down and do six issues right off the bat. Or you never know, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. Like I said, with the, 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 the TV shows, he has plenty of time to write right now. Cause he's got nowhere to go. 
So I don't know, but definitely more Negan. I see. Yeah, I liked it. Um, you know, as Negan is a character who works in small doses, and that's you know the best I can say. So he's the Lobo of the Walking Dead. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, he he can't support his own ongoing, but he's great for like as a as a side character and occasional guest star. Okay. I was almost going to say the Venom, but yeah, you're right. It's the Lobo. He gets like the annual, like if we get the Negan Christmas special. <laughs> right. The Negan paramilitary Christmas special. Yes. But also it's because, like you said, he's not the the, the lovable, like blah, blah, blah. That That's kind of why. It, to me, it's like Lobo. He's the one trick pony. He curses a lot and kills people. You can only do that. You can't do that monthly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. So, uh, but this was good. It was fun. It was a, a nice return to this character, you know. Yep. Uh, the other book that we both read from this past week was another image book, and this was uh, the Goddamned, the Virgin Brides, uh, written by Jason Aaron with art by R. M. Guerra. Right. A uh, little bit of a different take from the previous. Uh, goddamned miniseries takes place in the same world, I guess, if you will. Right, same by Bi- they have the same Bible for this book, anyway. There you go. <laughs> uh, this is a more f- and again, this is going to be a little difficult to discuss. Yes, it is. I was oh. wondering how we were going to do this, but go ahead. Uh, only because we are two uh, old white men, and this talks very much about the change of life. Of young girls. Mm-hmm. But also adds in a much more what's perceived as a spiritual supernatural element that may be more of a horrific monstrous element. Mm-hmm. That being said, I really enjoyed this. Um, and because of the fact, as you say, that we're two old white guys and the nature of the story, the changing of a young woman... Um, I found it jarring at times because it's a subject me and you don't hear people talk about a lot, Joe. <laughs> so, That's true. That's so true. as we're watching it and some of the visuals, like the nightmares that they're having with the flowers blooming mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, like this is interesting. And I want to know if it's going to cross over with any of the last goddamn with, was it, it was Kane, right? Who was the main character of that? Yeah. And so I'm like wanting to see if he's going to show up because I don't know if these are all going to be separate miniseries or if they're going to tie together. So I'm genuinely intrigued on the story. And it is horrific some of the things that may be happening to these children when, when you know, they, they, they get older. Um, but I want to see it. The only, the weird thing is, is more for the art for me is because like it's not uh, R.M. Guerra's art or anything, but it's the difference from the last book because obviously this is supposed to be kind of like a paradise even though they work the children it looks very clean and beautiful where the last book was before the flood with noah so the world was disgusting and needed to be cleansed so it was these dark brown and earth tones and everything where this is a vibrant book so these two books look completely different and it was not something i was expecting if that i was waiting to see that muddied world that needed to be cleaned if that makes any sense so it took me a while to get my brain around this is something different is it even around the same time or is it a different time period in the bible 
I don't know. And I'm hoping to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, a lot more uh, blues and greens and whites in this. Right. Uh, the scene for me, of course, um, this uh, is where the sister mother is inspecting all of the girls, uh, asking them all the questions in regards to, you know, their approach to womanhood. And as that scene ends, uh, the uh, lady mother says to one of the girls, Sister Esther, pray the Lord straightens those teeth or else learn not to smile. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's. That gives you the tone in which these young girls live, the, the tone of the world in which these young girls live in, and them kind of setting out on an adventure. Um, like I said, a really good book. Uh, but I think Jason Aaron don't write bad comic books, and R.M. Guerra don't draw bad comic books. So it's a good combination. Nope. And like you said, instantly with the nuns, sisters, whatever you want to call them at this point in creation, instant heat as soon as you start, you, they start talking. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like you're like yep i don't like any of these characters right here so i'm with you i'm I'm down with it and you know once again it's gonna, a mini series that i'm gonna follow through on unless he totally messes up which i doubt because jason don't do that that's right so that's what we read this past week let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week if you head over to longboxheroes.com every tuesday around noon eastern time we put up the poll post which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them mailed to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Todd and I attempt to guess what the others most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am back in the lead with one correct guess over Todd. Yes. But Todd goes first, and I have, like, no books this week, so let's see how this goes. Right. I have one quick question. All right. Was there any Empire stuff before this Fantastic Four book? Yes, there was. Let me grab the old notebook. Hang on. Mm-hmm. I think Empire, and again, I apologize. I'm a little bit away from the microphone. Empire Avengers came out two weeks ago. Did you get that? I did. Ah, okay. Um, because I, and again, I was going to question, because obviously you have a little bit more books than I do. Um, with the way that Empire ended up getting restructured with being delayed. Uh, the main Empire book is written by Al Ewing and Dan Slott. So anything that's written by Al Ewing and Dan Slott, I'm picking up. The Avengers one was written by Al Ewing. This uh, Fantastic Four one, I'm almost certain, is written by Dan Slott. So it is, it is. They're the, they're the architects of this event, so their stuff is what I'm getting. Right, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, so is the book you're looking forward to most, Empire Fantastic Four, is Zero? No, it's not. Mm. Is it Batman then? It, it's Batman number 94. I've really been enjoying Tinian's Batman. Okay. Woody, sadly, uh, absence made the heart not grow, f- no, I don't want to say heart not grow fonder, but it's the fourth issue of a four-issue miniseries, so the last issue came out four months ago. So, right. You know, I got to read all three issues to get the full effect. <laughs> uh, looking at your list, I'm going to guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Flash 757. It is not. It is also Batman 94. There you go. No change in the standings there. 
it's just, you've been kind of uh, enjoying Flash again, as opposed to just filling up a short box, you know? That's right, because he has uh, the best rogues gallery in the biz, Joe. No arguments here. That's right. Spider-Man second and Batman third. Yeah, flip those, but you're yeah. good. Sure, sure. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have over there, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh, the 2017 Smash Sensation Todd and Joe have issues. You can click our little store button there, and you can purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. Also in that same link is a link to our Tee Public store, which has even more items, everything from shirts to stickers to totes to masks with things inspired by this show, things inspired by After Dark, things inspired by Adults with Wrestling, things inspired by Final Wrestling Place. You can purchase all those things there. Um, I don't know, keep an eye out for a sale, save a couple bucks, buying stuff there. Um, you could also support us by signing up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you two bonus shows from Todd and I, one discussing the films of Mel Brooks, the other one, this month, 30 years ago, going through the issue of previews, kind of to see where comics, the boom is upon us. The boom is coming. We're not there yet, but it's coming. So you can get those, and at the $5 a month uh, level, you get those two shows two weeks before everyone else, and you uh, also get After Dark like three days before everyone else. So you can yep. listen to the show's... After Dark and Longbox Heroes in the correct listening order, which is, you know, we record After Dark first and then this. Um, again, I understand maybe you don't have time for extra podcasts, but what you do have time for is everything else in the world. And where can you get everything else in the world? Through Amazon. More importantly, the Amazon banner at the top of our page, because if it wasn't for us, you would not know that Amazon existed and had all of these great products. It's an advertising fee that they pay to us for telling you about their little mom-and-pop organization. yeah, They must be doing pretty well if they could kick back so much money to us bigwigs here at Longbox Heroes. Big wigs. Not legends. <laughs> not legendary wigs, just no. big ones. Yeah. The legends are we take what we get wigs. Mm -hmm. I got four wigs. We can fashion them together for one big wig. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... Uh, it's like third week in a row where someone is purchasing BCW uh, storage stuff. This time it was more of those magazine size store folio storage boxes. Uh, somebody also purchased the Star Wars novel entitled Queen's Peril, something to do with Amidala. So that's from the prequels that don't exist. Uh, somebody also purchased, and I'm going to guess it might have been the same person, the Arkham Horror Card Game. Not Batman Arkham, but Arkham. You know, it could be used universally. It's not just associated with Batman. And also uh, the Everdell board game. Somebody also purchased the Diamond Selects Toys, uh, Avengers Infinity War Movie Thor PVC Diorama Figure. And uh, the notable thing about that Amazon listing, it makes you choose a color option for that item. Mm, okay. And the color option that you have to choose is black. Like, it's one of those things, like, if you try to add it to your cart, it won't let you. It says you must make a selection. And it says color, and the only option it gives you is black. 
well, maybe there's other colors, but they're just sold out. So no, but Amazon's actually so no, there's not. But no, the other thing is, if there were, Amazon would have those other options, and it would tell you they were sold out. Oh, okay. Very strange. Uh, somebody also purchased a pack of Venswell neck gate gaiter G A I T E R masks. Um, you know, the, when you see like the folks that wear like the the one where it's like around your neck like a scarf and you can kind of pull it up over your nose. Right. So I say whoever bought those, good on you. Uh wear a mask if you're leaving leaving the house, please. Can't stress that enough. And uh, somebody also purchased a pack of genuine Joe paper plates. There, you have a line of paper plates? Hey, first of all, there's only one genuine Joe, and that's me. Second of all, their logo looks like the Dixie brand paper plate <laughs> logo, but mm-hmm. just with Joe in it instead of Dixie. Okay. I don't know. There's something fishy going on there is all I'm saying. <laughs> the only one who doesn't make money off my name is me, so well, I don't know who you are. But seriously, thank you very much for all the purchases uh, through the Amazon click-through. Thanks to all the new patrons. Uh, we actually had some shirt sales over the last month as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, our listeners are the best listeners in the world. And uh, it's been a long time long time since I've said this, but uh, don't leave a review on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. Just uh, tell people about the show. Tell people about After Dark. Tell people about the patron if you're a Patreon subscriber. I that do... does more for us than like you clicking five stars on Amazon. Uh, on- iTunes or whatever. Don't let anyone fool you. The best part of the iTunes reviews, though, was when uh, people would write in reviews, but as famous wrestling promos. I was trying to get people to do famous scenes from Doctor Who, and then we'd have to impersonate them. That was the most fun I had with it. But for the most part, like you said, reviews don't help. So they don't. Don't let anyone fool you. And, and again, I. I'm not saying this because I'm triggered by DJ from final from uh, Wednesday Night Wars, but reviews on iTunes only work is if you get a ton of them in a very short amount of time. Right. If you get 50 reviews over 50 days, that does nothing for you. But if you get 50 reviews over five days, that does everything for you. At the end of the day, you still get 50 reviews. It's just like, would you rather them all in five days or would you rather them over 50 days? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you would rather them period, but it doesn't mean anything if it's 50 over 50 days. Right. I'm off my soapbox. Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did. Rebecca's art sent in another work in progress, which is WIP, something I didn't know a while back, but I know now. Um, And it looks like a young elven woman falling asleep on top of something with a like wispy ribbons, like flowing from her wrists and stuff like that. Uh, looks very nice. I uh, can't wait to see what it looks like when it's all done. I'll so, say this. The, the style of that art is very reminiscent of the old uh, Hobbit animated feature from the seventies, eighties, the Bashki or Bashki. Yes. His name? Ralph Bashki. Yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking too. And uh, I, uh, you know, this speaks to me, of course. I never knew WIP was work in progress. I always knew that was the abbreviation for a series of films that Linda Blair was in after work dried up after the Exorcist films. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> sometimes, 
I sometimes you just leave it out there and let other people pick it up. Okay, Joker nades, like I said, you pull the pin, throw, let people figure it out. All right, so I think the last bit of business is just a TV talk of the most recent episode of Star Girl. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right, so if you're not caught up on Stargirl, uh, as Todd and I are attempting at the uh, final grasps of the DC Universe app while it still exists to watch <laughs> this early, we bid you adieu. Uh, but hopefully you get a chance to watch Stargirl because it's really good, and then come back and listen to this part of the show. I don't know who does that, but maybe it's you. Right. I'll take a moment here to take a drink of water. So I'll say I like this episode of Stargirl. Right. I like that we got my biggest complaint about the previous episode was, you know, you're like the show is Stargirl, so the Stargirl, right? But this episode proved that you could still do Stargirl as your main story and still give the other members of the JSA, Infinity Inc., whatever they're going to be called, focus, screen time, stuff to do that's important to the plot. Mm -hmm. And that's what this episode was. Uh, because we had uh, Courtney laid up in bed because Luke Wilson doing his best David Arquette impersonation to cover up for the butt whipping that she got from Cindy in the previous episode. He goes and crashes his car as a cover story as to why Courtney's in the hospital and injured and everything else like that. Uh, so that's really our main story. And then we get, of course, Cindy coming to the house to visit her. <laughs> Uh, we have Beth and Luke Wilson going to Cindy's house, trying to figure out what's going on with Cindy's mother and or father. And then Yolanda and Rick are off doing other stuff as well. So everybody has stuff to do that's important to the plot. We get icicle stuff in this episode. And again, the major thing is now the relationship between Cindy and Courtney and where that's going. And I really liked the... I don't want to say game of cat and mouse because it was one of those things where like, I think Cindy's not stupid and she knew that Courtney and Stargirl were the same. Mm -hmm. But as that scene went on, I, I like I wavered literally like from sentence to sentence of whether or not Cindy knew or didn't know. See, I stand by like something I said last week on the show that she always knew because one of the things like, well, she said, I, you didn't think I would recognize you in that cheap costume, but also before she runs off, um, uh, David Arquette comes in and says, yells Courtney's name. And I was like, you know, just don't go yelling her name when she's in the costume. So I, I just felt like that whole time. I just, that was never the, the cat and mouse game to me. I was just waiting for her to say something. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I did like that scene because it was more, and even then it was cat and mouse. It was more just Courtney sitting in awe of like this, this horrible murderer person is in my room and I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Uh, so I like that. But my favorite thing was the crashing of the car, because first of all, as I said earlier, the soundtrack, uh, is great. We get, uh, we get cannonball by Ray Stevens, which I did not think I would hear in star girl from cannonball run who i forgot he even sang that song because i'm used to you know his big song was the streaker if anybody remembers that but i like it because when he crashes the car then he goes to see courtney in, in the hospital and she's like what what's going on what happened to your face she's like well i crashed the buick to do a cover story and 
that in that moment, there's a moment where Courtney's like, you love that car. And she's like, I know, but I got to protect you and blah, blah, blah. And there's almost like another moment where you see Courtney respect him a little bit more. Like, and I, I just like it that we're building that relationship between him and, and Courtney. So I like that. But the one thing that you did forget to mention too, is we're finding out that, uh, well, we knew, but now brainwave juniors powers are full on like working. And now he knows who Courtney is and will he take Cindy's side or will he take Courtney's side as he's running away? And we need him for the, um, uh, the American dream project. So interesting stuff. Yes. Uh, a really good episode. Uh, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, this is, uh, a much better show than I think. Uh, I-, I wish more people were watching it. Does that make any sense? I agree. I'm trying to get some people on board, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's word of mouth is tough, especially when you can't like when you're just going through text messages, because in these troubling times, Todd, um, it is tough to be like, Oh, like, Hey, summer Joe, uh, like check out star girl. And you're just sending a bland, like word of text and nobody wants to read, you know, the, uh, the, the novel length text that you're going to send where when you're sitting around, you're like, Oh, this happens. That happens. You get like, you get the energy of what somebody's trying to convey, but it's not easy right now to mm-hmm. to for the to spread the word of Stargirl. Yeah, it's really good. And how close are we? This is thirteen episodes, right? So we're still a ways away, right? I do not know how many. Like thirteen, I don't. What are we on? Like seven or eight? This is eight. Yeah. So we have. Yes, I don't do math in my head. <laughs> Five episodes left, right? Now, Imdaba claims that there's five episodes left, but it says that there's 15 episodes, which is my ma- or 14 episodes. So that doesn't work in my gazintas. But sometimes what they'll do is they'll just have like a random episode in the listing for whatever the first episode of season two is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just like season two, episode one, it got renewed. So it counts. I don't know. You know? Right. Right. So yeah, 13 episodes. So yeah, we got like five left. I'm excited. I'm, I'm here for the home stretch. I think brainwave is going to be a baby face. I we shall so. see. Yeah. I think so too. And I'm still waiting for that, uh, star, uh, that star girl staff prop that I want to buy. Mm-hmm. You'd buy the Stargirl staff prop. Well, obviously, there is no Jay Garrick flash helmet prop for you to not buy. So Right. Like I said, I would buy two of those respectfully, though. Not in the, the, the way I would buy two wrestling things. There you go. All right. So. Yeah, I don't know. Stargirl's really good. Uh, you know, we got, what, like I said, five more weeks. That's going to take us to the end of July, first week of August. Then, I don't know. We'll have to figure out something then. Yeah, well, the boys might be back by then. Boys is back September, like a nebulous September date. Eh, well, we'll probably have. When does Black Widow come come out in these? In November. These oh, okay. November. There'll be something. We'll figure it out. Hey, and if, who, who knows? Maybe we'll take a three week break and not do any TV. Does there's no law that says we have to do TV talk. That's true. So I guess that's everything. Yep. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Episode 510 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying see you all next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! 
Ida forcibly not say in the books, you know? Yeah. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.